Okay. We'll eventually get to Isaiah chapter 41, but we're going to... The Wi-Fi should be working again. Okay, thank you. In 1975, NBC NBC started a, a program. And for 41 years, it has been on the air. And it starts off live from New York City. It's Saturday night. Saturday night live. SNA. It's made some actors famous. It's kicked them in a new career. During the 19, uh, excuse me, the 2012 election cycle, some of our young people said that they got all their news from Comedy Central. And uh, that's different than when Ben was a youngster. They got all their news from the newspaper. Who gets their news from the newspaper today? <clears throat> We've even turned off the TV. I mean, us <clears throat> 80 year old something uh, have, uh, have, uh, <clears throat> have gone to the internet pretty much to get what, what we want to read. Uh, Saturday Night Live is uh, satire, political satire. We don't watch it now because it's got too rough and it's not, uh, we just turned it off. Uh, but in March of this year, March of this year, um, Christian News started a new website, Babylon B, Christian Satire. Have any of you seen anything about Babylon B, Christian Satire? Never. No, it's on the internet. You don't know nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> no longer know it. Okay. <laughs> Babylon B comes out with some, like I say, it's Christian satire. Now, what's satire? What are you English majors? Anybody tell me what satire is? Okay. The use of irony, sarcasm, ridicule, and the alike in exposing or denouncing. Uh, or deriding vice or folly. It's a literary composition uh, in which human folly and vice are held up to scorn and derision and ridicule. Well, do you believe that 3,000 years ago Isaiah used a little satire? And we're going to see a little bit about that in just a minute, but I've I asked three of you folks to read one of the latest things off of Babylon B. And uh, we'll talk about what it is. Dan, we'll start off with you. Okay, this article is uh, concerning the king of Saudi Arabia really getting a kick out of the Alpha Lake in North Carolina. Uh, Chuckling heartily by Justin Ford, a news story displayed on one of his hundreds of Mac reviews, King Solomon of Saudi Arabia reported a security detail Friday that he was really getting a kick out of Apple election in the state of North Carolina for enacting a law requiring people to use a public restroom corresponding to their biological gender. Look at this, as Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, is publicly chastising the governor of North Carolina sitting in threatening letters 
ordering them to repeal the bathroom law. He called Warnick to sell nearby bodyguards. Just two years ago, this same man was begging us for clearance to operate here in our blessed kingdom. For being a homosexual is punishable by death, as is the will of all. Honestly, does he know that we publicly execute gay people in our country? After reading a few paragraphs of the story aloud between the house of laughter, the king went on to remind the guards that cross-dressing is, is illiterately illegal in Saudi Arabia, where people, again, are out is happily doing business. Then he used one of his iPhones to text his son, Prince Fossil, a link to the story and, oh no, do you think Tim Cook might send us a sternly warning letter too? <laughs> you got the satire there? <clears throat> Saudi Arabia kills you <laughs> if you uh, cross-dress, if you're gay. And yet, Apple is not going to do business in North Carolina because the law says the gender of your birth, that's the best room you need to be. Satire. That'll pay the price. <laughs> Sandra Reed, the one I gave you. Isn't that kind of like blackmail? No. You don't think? What? If you don't do things my way, I'm not going to do business with you. Sounds like blackmail to me. I suppose it could be. Go ahead, Sandra. In the middle of a Friday Bible study in which she is a semi-regular attender, sources confirm local woman Rachel Atkinson intently searched the book of Psalms for her favorite scripture sometimes that God gets blamed for a lot. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the little drummer boy in Luke and uh, footprints in the sand and the, in Ecclesiastes. Um, but, satire. Rhoda, read the last one. Noblesville, Local woman Cheyenne Phillips displayed a masterful balancing act and alternate, alternated vanity and praise on Facebook Friday, according to sources. Miss Phillips, 32, had just come home from her mom's group when she decided to share with her followers an amusing image of a 1950s style housewife making a profanity laden remark about laundry. Without missing a beat, Ms. Phillips then reported the light and appointments post on 1 Peter 1.16, left the ROFL, which I didn't know what it meant, Mr. Bill didn't know which 
rolling on the floor laughing. Comment on the luridly suggestive image posted by Wendell. Shared an inspiring video of a good Samaritan story from the local news. And followed up with a tirade on ungrateful men that suggested in colorful language a biologically impossible act. Expertly seizing the scale starting to tilt toward the loose side of things. She then shared an image she had created via the YouVersion Bible app, which superimposed the words of Psalm 23 over a silhouetted figure raising her hands in trial atop a mountain peak. Immediately expiated any guilt previous post. Thus cleansed and assured, Ms. Phillips reportedly ended her Facebook session by sharing a marginal public figure's extreme rant on immigrants before tagging several friends on a post by her church about an upcoming mom-to-mom sale. You can see anything on Facebook. And out of the same mouth come blessing and cursing. Jesus said that's not right. <clears throat> Be careful what you put on Facebook. Be careful how you put on Facebook. But this satire, go get on that. I'm on our reunion committee with our, our school reunion. And on our last meeting, uh, one of the ladies on our committee has a granddaughter that is turned into, has turned into, is turning into a friend's son. And she was trying to tell us, there's only five of us on there in small she was trying to tell us that her brother had done research and uh, in the original Greek does not mean whatever that original Greek had, does not mean homosexual. And uh, so two of us very staunch Baptist Christians <laughs> from birth were in there. And rather than to go there with her, because we didn't feel like it was the place, um, she, we came home and the other lady called me and she said, what did you think about that? I said, well, I knew it wasn't a place to go there, but I think she was probably trying to satisfy her own self by saying this. But anyway, this other lady had gone on the internet and looked up some of the original Greek, and it says male prostitution. Now, what is male prostitution if it's not homosexuality? But, you know, so they, but anyway, she was trying to justify, you know, so that she thought that through the Bible, she was trying to, and I, I told her about a friend that called me, I said, I think she was just trying to justify for herself, because, you know, that, I mean, to hear her talk, she's all, you know, it's okay with her, and she's going with him and have some of the stuff done that needs to be done, or whatever, and I'm thinking, yeah, you're supposed to continue to love her, but I don't know if I could support her to the point where I would go with her and have the surgery things. Anyway, satire. It's a, one of those things. You'll see Babylon B popping up and that you've been exposed to what it is. When we wound up in the 40th chapter last week of Isaiah, we wound up with probably one of the most familiar and quoted scriptures in the Bible, much less in Isaiah, when we left with Isaiah 31. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be, get tired. They will walk and not become weary. 
Then we come into chapter 41. Coastlands, listen to me. Me is capitalized. That's deity. In silence. And let the people gain new strength. Let them come forward and let them speak. Let them come together for judgment. Who has aroused one from the east and calls it righteousness to his feet? He de de delivers up nations before him and subdues king. He makes them like dust with his sword as a wind-driven chaff with his bow. He pursues them, passing on in safety by way he's not transversing with his feet. Who has performed and accomplished it, calling forth the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am the first, and with the last, I am He. So, Isaiah, we've just got through with the greatness and the creation and the wonder and the majesty of Almighty God. And then he says, let them come forward and speak. Let the people gain new strength. Who has aroused from the east? In this whole chapter, Isaiah is going back and forth and it says, you know, you're trying to make yourself be big understanding all and we've just got through telling you the majesty and the glory of our Lord who made everything and is everything let's continue reading in verse <clears throat> uh, verse 7 so the craftsman encourages the smelter and he who smooths metal with a hammer encourages him who beats the anvil. Saying of the soldering, it is good. And he fastens it with nails. So it won't tire. The craftsmen have got together and they said, you know, this thing of building idols, that's a good thing. One encourages another one. And they build this. And yet, they nail it down so it won't fall. <clears throat> Very first commandment, what God said. Have no other gods before me. No other gods before me. And the second, like we're doing, don't worship any idol made of anything. We don't have little statues around our house that we worship. I don't think. But we still TV. Oh man, that's not an idol, that's a necessity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we we do we do, do things that, that we have idols. Look at verse 8. But you, Israel, my servant. Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend. Let me pause right there a little bit. I'm sorry, Lord, I ran you off by 
couldn't see your face. Where was I? Um, there's just been one person in Scripture that God called a friend, and that was Abraham. And the descendants of Abraham, my friend. Verse 9. You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from the remotest parts, and I said to you, you are my servant, Israel, my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your strength. I will strengthen you, and surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. As Bible believers, and we know these ladies that are going to Israel and you that have <coughs> Israel is God's chosen people. They have been, they are now, and they will be. And Israel, we need to be careful. And that's why some of our political decisions we made are crazy in light of Scripture. But God is in the control. Okay, so God says, Israel, you're my servant. Uh, I've taken you to the ends of the earth, called you from the remotest part. You're my servant. I've chosen you and have not rejected you. Now look at verse 21. Present your case, the Lord says. Bring forth your strong argument. Verse 22. Let them bring forth and declare to us what is going to take place. As of the former events, declare what they were, that we may consider them and know their outcome, or denounce us in what is coming. What Isaiah is doing is, is just simply saying, if you're so smart, tell us what has happened and what's going to happen. You know, tell us what's going forth. What are the former events? Declare what they were that we may consider them and know their outcome. Or announce to us what is coming, verse 23, declare to the things that are going to come afterward, that we may know that you are God's. Indeed, do good or evil, that we may be anxiously look about us and fear together. Behold, you are of no account, and your work amounts to nothing. He who chooses you is an abomination. Verse 26. He who has declared this from the beginning that we might know or from former things that he might say he is right. Surely no one who declared. Surely there is no one who proclaimed. Surely there was no one who heard your words. Formerly I said to Zion, Behold, here they are. Here are they. <laughs> here they are. And to Jerusalem I will give a messenger of good news. 
Verse 28. For when I look, there is no one. There is no counselor among them. Behold, if I ask, can give us an answer. Behold, all of them are false, and their works are worthless, and their molded images are wind and emptiness. The Lord is the God of heaven. He loves us. He loved the people in Israel at that time. But they were proud, stubborn. In the next couple of chapters, we're going to get into the obstinance of the people of Israel. And they hadn't been out of Egypt but a few days. And Moses told them, he said, I am disappointed with you. That's Bill's word. He said, you're hard-headed and you're disobedient in these things. What have we said in here time after time? That obedience, obedience is the key to growth and for the Lord to bless you. Just think about your own children. What is one of the things you wanted them to do? Be obedient. Come in at 10 o'clock. Come in at midnight. Be obedient. <clears throat> when our boys finally learned that, it was oh happy day at our house. Because they realized that the more obedient they were to Belvin myself, the more slack we would give them. The more we would allow them to do things, the more grown up they would act. And we had a good, a good time with our boys. God's the same way. He wants us to be obedient to Him, read His Word, meditate in it, understand what He's done in the past because the old adage in history repeats itself is very, very, very true. Very true. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. Then he went on and he said, where were you when I formed the foundations of the earth? And then he says, wait upon the Lord and re renew their strength. And then we get to chapter 41 and it says, well, you're so big, tell me what happened. Who did all this? You see the satire that, that, that Isaiah is, is putting up there? What he's trying to get across to these people. Babylon was coming. Babylon was coming. They were on their heels, but they couldn't see it. <clears throat> I don't know. We, we've talked about this a lot Delta and I dwell on it too much. You know, we're, I'm going through some files and shredding some stuff. So Art and Andy won't have to fight it when I'm gone, you know. What did Dad keep this far, you know? That kind of thing. We don't know what the future holds. How many more years have I got? 
Nini and I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad I won't be here but if I could if I could pull back the, the curtains of time and see we could see going forward the Lord's going to do what he's done to use the Assyrians to take away the northern kingdom use Babylon to take away the southern kingdom and all the things Peter says a day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day time means nothing to the Lord it means everything to us if I don't get out in a few minutes you won't have your favorite seat but you see where we're going you see where Isaiah's going you see what scripture has to say about who we are and where we are and the obedience we need to have with people okay we got a few minutes talk to me give me some of your comments about anything Anybody? All this stuff that we're fighting and talking about here today and so We don't have to have it. We don't have to have TV. We don't have to have internet. You know how old I was before we had a telephone in our house? No. I was in college. And we didn't have a telephone in our house. It wasn't because the telephone weren't available. It was just my daddy didn't want one. He didn't have one in his business. You got his stubborn streak, did you? Huh? <laughs> uh, it's a matter of, of you saying no. You're right, Ben. We need standing to... up for what you believe and what is right. We we we're it. all guilty of not doing what is right and not doing what uh, what we say we believe in. You're right. We, we, we get on some slippery slopes. I've told you this before. <clears throat> Bill Gothard said, what one generation takes in moderation, what one generation takes in moderation, the next generation takes in excess. It happens. When I was growing up, Wednesday night, was Wednesday night. Nothing happened in the community of whether you went to the Methodist Church, the Church of God, the Baptist Church, wherever you went. Wednesday night was church night. It ain't that way anymore. And it's getting that way for Sunday. Soccer leagues, baseball, softball, all those things are played on Sunday. Even work. Even work. So, anyway. Well, next week we'll go into chapter 42 and we'll see what we can find from Isaiah. But as Ben talked about, some things of old are good. This is 3,000 years old and it's very, very good and very appropriate for us today. Bill, yeah. We need to slow down and stop because there's people telling us what's going on that we're not being able to do it either in our country. Yeah. Like you said, we've changed so much in the last 60 years. It's, it's unbelievable. 
Okay. We thought Woodstock was just a big get-together. Wood, Woodstock has changed a lot of the way we do things today. CW Distance is probably. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these moments we've had together to study your word. We thank you for your, your teacher. We thank you for what he means to this class. Lord, this class also means a lot to me, and I want to thank you for that. Uh, be with us, Lord, as we uh, go from here, as we go into worship service, and open our minds and hearts to receive the truth that you have for us. Uh, be with us as we gather together and have a meal. Go with us throughout this coming week and make us mindful of, of, of those times when people cross our path and need to know about you. And Lord, most of all, forgive us of our shortcomings and our mistakes. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You've got time. Don't tell everybody I let you